You're listening to the weekly Joel Klatt segment podcast. Listen to it live every Wednesday between 8 and 8.30 a.m. during the football season. Presented exclusively by Audi Flatirons in Broomfield. Exceeding your experience from the first mile to the last. Joe Klatt joins us for his weekly visit. Presented by Audi Flatirons. He joins us now on the Johnson Auto Plaza hotline. Good morning, Joel. You know, we spent a lot of time on your articles, Mike. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool. Exactly. By the way. Hey, we hey, we highlighted your podcast yes. talking about Deion Sanders going to Auburn during our What's Trending segment 40 minutes ago. Yeah. You got double uh, airtime today, my friend. You did get top billing, Joel. You got top. I got to well, ask you a question, though, real quick. All right, well, right you off know, the normally bat. you got to pay double for that cotton. Right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I got, but right off the bat, here it comes, okay? Because Mike Evans... My partner here, your former partner, <laughs> is not concerned at all about playing the Raiders. He's ready to go. He, he told me he's ready. Oh, yeah. He's not concerned. Yeah. He doesn't feel like, hey, that's a desperate team at 0-3. No problem. I can go in there and win. What do you say about Mike Evans and his confidence? Well, I'm just glad the Chiefs are still undefeated since you can just roll into Indy and beat a bad Colts team because, you know, it's really easy to win in the National Football <laughs> League. You know what I mean, Mike? <laughs> Yeah, maybe Matt Ryan isn't washed. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, no, I, I think that you've got to be concerned. And and the the bottom line is, is the more a team is backed into a corner, the more concerned you should be. There's no question in my mind that Denver will get the Raiders' best effort so far, probably their best execution. Because there's one thing I know about football teams, and this is really any level, but in particular as you get – higher into, you know, major college football and, and certainly in the National Football League, is that the, the level of coaching and the sense of urgency that happens after a loss is just better. It's, it's, there's, there's more attention to detail. There's more urgency in the meeting room because people's jobs are on the line. And so there is no question in my mind that Denver is going to be in a buzzsaw against the Raiders. So you can feel all fat and happy about beating San Francisco 11 to 10 because Garoppolo pulled a Dan Orlovsky. But the fact remains is like, there are some glaring weaknesses on this Denver team and, and, and wins can be like the, the makeup on an ugly girl, you know, like they can just mask things. It's like the sunglasses effect. Let one point wins because of safeties are like the sunglasses effect. If you don't know about the sunglasses, you know, virtually every girl in America looks pretty good from 50 yards if she's got a pair of sunglasses on. But from five yards without those shades on, you never know. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, call out the ugly girls. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, what what do you see offensively? Um, what have you I seen? I say truth, guys. I don't know what to tell yeah. you. Like, you know, it's early here. I'm sitting in traffic. Like, these are the analogies that you're going to get. Right, yeah. I mean, no, hey, no apology needed. No apology needed. What have you seen? Um, do you see anything that gives you a little bit of hope? Uh, and in that last drive, Russell Wilson actually going off script a little bit, calling an audible, scrambling around, making a first down with his feet and uh, making some throws outside the pocket. Anything that you look at offensively with the Broncos that gives you a little bit of hope that uh, at least maybe they're trending in the right direction to kind of cure what has ailed them so far this season? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think that when you have those moments that, that you learn about each other, and I think Nathaniel Hackett is learning about his quarterback, and, and Russell Wilson is learning how to play with this group of players, I couldn't agree with you guys more. Those, you know, those numbers about, like, Russell, what he was for you a few years ago versus now on some percentage basis based on what some, you know, some guy deems a plus or a minus or good or bad throw, or I, that to me – it, it doesn't give you a sense of what's actually going on. And I think these moments that you have some success, in, in particular in critical moments when you're down and you're facing adversity, those can be big building blocks uh, moving forward. And I certainly hope that that's the case with Russell and this, this offense moving forward. I would say that I'm – and and this is not generally me because you know that I, uh, you know, I like to be uh, panicked. I wasn't as worried about their performance only because I don't want to view performances in particular, like an offensive or defensive or special teams performance in a vacuum. And I think far too often we do that um, as fans is we say like, well, the defense played great, but the offense didn't. But in reality, the two are connected. And if you actually look, and, and the way that I watched the game is, is I felt like there was an acknowledgement about the way that the defense was playing, and the only thing that was going to beat Denver was if the defense got tired. And so what do you do then? Well, you've got to find ways to extend drives, and you better hold the ball longer than the opposition. And they did that. I believe that they have, was it 34 minutes time of possession? They had, you know, over 15 more snaps in the same amount of drives, 14 drives apiece, and they protected their defense a little bit. And, guys, complimentary football is important. If Denver's offense went out there and they were just worried about themselves and they played selfish football and they said, we got to gain yards just because we don't want people to speak poorly about us, maybe they would have put their defense in a more precarious spot. If the defense has to, to defend 10 more snaps, it, is that the point of demarcation where we start to see the the, the you know the, the performance decline where they don't get the turnovers necessary in order to win the game? So listen, was it a great offensive game? No. Was it some sort of masterpiece? No. But I, I will give them a tip of the cap in terms of the style and the complementary style that they played to allow their defense to be as dominant as it was. And this is still the I believe the second ranked scoring defense in the league, and they let them go out there and dominate. As a very good quarterback at uh, CU, I always enjoy your quarterback perspective. When you look at Russell Wilson and Cortland Sutton, clearly there is a connection there, but you don't sense that with any of the other pass catchers. What goes into a quarterback trusting his wide receivers, maybe freezing out a receiver, uh, or, or maybe being too overly reliant on one receiver. What goes into the quarterback's mindset there? Well, there's there's a lot that, that go on, and in, in the NFL, a lot is a lot is predicated upon matchup and and the personnel of what you're getting and what you're trying to do with your formation, your personnel group, and and the things that you're trying to isolate within the offense. That's from a structural standpoint. From the from the personal standpoint, from the human side. You touched on the word. It's about trust. A quarterback is expecting very certain pictures 
And, and those pictures need to be consistent every single time because, to be quite honest, it doesn't matter if you're Russell Wilson's height or if you're Tom Brady's height. You know, it doesn't matter if you're Brock Osweiler. A lot of times you don't see everything that's going on. So what you, what you are is reliant on the picture and the timing of what's going on with your wide receivers. And the receivers that perform in a really consistent manner and they are constantly in the right spots, creating the space needed for you to complete passes. And then um, those that are reliant in terms of catching the football, they build a trust. And when you trust a wide receiver, that's a really powerful thing. It's also a really powerful thing when that trust is broken or eroded or never there to begin with. And, and I think that that's pretty clear what's going on right now. I don't think it has developed with anybody else. Now, You've got to use them at times, and we see, what was it, six targets for Judy. He only gets those two passes, but there's clearly not the trust. It's almost like the defense is forcing him to go to Judy. The read is forcing him to go that way because he really wants to stay where he's comfortable and with a wide receiver that he's comfortable with because he has trust in Cortland Sutton that Cortland's going to be in the right spot at the right time. Those pictures are very important for the timing uh, mechanism of the offense. And, and it's pretty clear that those two have a, have a pretty good chemistry right now. What's the balance between trust in the system and the scheme versus trust in critical situations in one player? Because I think a lot of times well, you're talking about, you know, scheme and where you should go with the football. And sometimes it's just about, hey, man, this is a third down and seven situation. I'm just going to find the guy I trust the most. Yes, I, I, I think that. One's a micro conversation and what's a macro conversation. I think overall you need to trust in the system and allow the system to operate. But when it comes down to the nitty gritty, when, when there is one snap, when things are on the line, it's always about Jimmy's and Joe's. The last question I ask every single offensive coordinator, every time I meet with them on Fridays is who is the guy that you trust the most in a critical situation? You know, and, and I, I'll paint a picture. I'll be like third and 10 down, down six, a minute 42 left, like, who's the guy you trust the most? Because they will tell you the guy which will dictate the play call when that situation comes up. So when it's a, a singular situation, when, when it comes down to the critical nature of the game or a critical point in the game, it's always about players. And that trust then becomes paramount from the quarterback and from the play caller. And when it comes from a macro system, if you're just going into a game as a quarterback or a play caller, you've got to trust like an architect trusts his design, you've got to trust the design of your offense. And then it's on you, in particular from a play caller perspective, to build yourself into success. Allow the system to create success for you. You're laying little Easter eggs or chumming the water, if you will, with different looks and personnel groups in order to gain an advantage later uh, sometimes in the season and sometimes later in that game. Visit with Joel Klatt. Joel, you know Brock Heward, uh and, and, and he's our Russell Wilson whisperer from our sister station in Seattle. And we were talking to him yesterday. And, and it's his opinion that Russell Wilson, as he moves into the second half of his career, wants to become Drew Brees. Wants to emulate what Drew Brees uh, did uh, for, for the, the, the entirety of his time in New Orleans and became a Hall of Fame quarterback. Played until he was 41 years old. You spent a little bit of time in New Orleans around Drew Brees. Do you see the potential for Russell Wilson over the second half of his career to become basically Drew Brees-like? Well, I've never thought Russell was as as 
what's the word? I mean, frankly, as 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 good of a just straight drop back passer as as Breeze, you have to understand that that Breeze has thousands more reps of having to stay in the pocket, manipulate the defense with his eyes, and and create completions with his eyes, his mind, and his feet. Whereas Russell has thousands times more scrambles creating with his athleticism. Drew Brees could never be Russell Wilson, and I don't think Russell Wilson can ever be Drew Brees. It's very difficult to kind of change the way that you play. Having said that, I think that he's he's very much onto something. Brock is a really smart guy. I, I think Brock's one of the one of the great people of all time, but really smart in his analysis. And and I think that what you see from Denver at times is is them trying to force that issue for Russell, almost like it was talked about within uh, this trade and then the contract time, because I think that they're in the shotgun too much for the style of offense that they should be. I think that they should be in 12 personnel more. I think that they should be in run action pass mode a little bit more, get under center and try to get the heavy play action going, try to get those tight ends sliding across and Russell Wilson outside of the pocket, get some more movement going a la late nineties, Denver Broncos, um, uh, 2005 Denver Broncos with Jake Plummer. I think they would be a better offense in that mold versus trying to fit Russell in the box of potentially a Russell Wilson. Now he is right in one accord. If he wants to play until he's 41, that's the way he's going to have to go because he's just going to slow down physically. But having said that, I listen, like Drew Brees is Drew Brees for a reason. He's one of the all-time greats. You don't just become Drew Brees because you want to. It's like, oh, you know, it's like asking these quarterbacks in the draft or in college, like, who do you model your game after in the NFL? And all of them are like, well, you know, good question. You know, I really try to watch a lot of Tom Brady. It's like, oh, you know, no crap. Like, what, what? who are they supposed to say? You know, well, you know, I, I really, I, I look at Chase Daniel. You know, you're not going to say Chase Daniel. Yes, sir. That's right. You know, I really admire Case Keenum. Yeah. You're right. You know, but I, I just question whether he's got that ability. I don't think he does. I mean, Drew is one of one. Always, I've always been enthralled with throwing the check down short of the sticks. It's always been my thing. It's been my thing. <laughs> what was it, Deshaun you Kaiser? Know, I, I, I had a really smart uh, coach once told me, you just got to let your offense work for you. And uh, that's what I try to do. That's, yeah, what yeah, that's right. Do. Was it Deshaun Kaiser came out of Notre Dame? Yeah. And says, I got the athleticism of Cam Newton in the brain of Tom Brady. Tom Brady yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, automatically off my draft board. He's automatically going, okay, you can't, well, you can't draft that guy. But, but by the way, can we just pause for a moment? It's like, well, if you pose the question, get ready for a dumb answer. Right. He's not going to say Case Keenum. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you really think that uh, Deion Sanders to Auburn? I love that, by the way. Well, we got we to gotta get Deion I, Sanders out of power school. Well, you know, he has, he has said he wants to bring, you know, um, HBCU football back, and in, and in some respects, he has done that. He got the number one recruit in the entire class last year at Jackson State. I just look at it, and by the way, I haven't talked to anybody down there, and I know that there's some, some real hurdles, one being the fact that Auburn is, is broken in their nature. Uh, they've got way too many cooks in the kitchen, and, and they're certainly a good old boy network, and I don't know if they're ever going to go hire – the, the 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 right guy because there's so much of that has to have SEC ties, you know, bullcrap. But for me, if you're Auburn, 
you're going to have to win recruiting battles against Steve Sarkeesian, Jimbo Fisher, Nick Saban, and Kirby Smart. And there's when it comes down to like winning a recruiting battle and even getting in the living room of a recruit that's going to take those coaches into their living room, there's a really small list of, of potential candidates. One of them would be Deion Sanders. So that's the reason why it just makes sense to me. I don't have any inside information. I haven't talked to any agents about it. To me, if I was sitting there as the athletic director, and I know that they've got to work that issue out as well, he would be one of my first calls. My my whole thing, and I said this about USC, by the way, when they came open last year when they fired Clay Helton, I said, you've got to go to the biggest names and force them to say no before you move on. Everyone said, like, well, no, they, they can't get these big-name guys because – they're going to have to go after somebody else. And it's like, well, force them to say no. So at least you better kick the tires. And if Dion says no, then he says no. But for me, it makes a lot of sense. Joel, great stuff as always. Who you got this weekend? Uh, I've got Michigan at Iowa. So, you know, speaking of of an offense that's not playing their best. So it's like the – the Denver Broncos and the Iowa Hawkeyes. Baby. Yes, yes. That, that they're, they're could game be. plan, essentially. The first line in the offensive game plan that week is like, all right, boys, A, punt, and rely on our defense. <laughs> that could be 11 to 10. But you'll be able to watch it with Joel Klatt, Gus Johnson, on Fox this weekend. Joel, thank you. You got it, bud. Later. Joel Klatt, presented by Audi Flatirons. There's always a lot to unpack with Joel. We'll do that next. Hello, this is Ryan Watson, Vice President and General Manager of Audi Flatirons and Audi Boulder Service. When was the last time a dealership delivered the experience you were looking for? Have you ever felt that buying a car was solely about making the sale? It should be about the relationship, beginning with your commitment to do business with us and continuing through the years to follow. Our team is dedicated to exceeding your expectations from the first mile to the last. Come see us in person or visit us online at AudiFlatirons.com or AudiBoulderService.com. 